Welcome to Panel to Screen. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing today? I'm doing good. You know, it's, it's uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I got, I got nothing. You got nothing. Oh my goodness. Bell's got nothing. Well, he's going to get something. You better get it together, buddy. We got, a, <laughs> we got a movie here to talk about that we should have been talking about weeks ago, but somebody had like, you know, his busy life taking care of people and going on vacations and whatnot. But, 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 but it took you a yeah. while, ladies and gentlemen. I want I want to go ahead and just call Bell out. It took him a while to see Thor Love and Thunder, but he's not alone. I have talked to a lot of different folks who uh, this one, for whatever reason, has not been like a priority to go see as soon as it comes out, which I find interesting. And we'll talk more about that before we do. Got a couple things we want to let you know. First of all, thank you so much to everybody who is listening. Just by listening to this show, you are doing the good work of supporting it with your ears. So thank you, your ears, for supporting this show. Uh, hey, if you'd like to support this show beyond just the ears and keep it on the air, well, there's a way to do it. It's over at patreon.com slash TV talk. Now, here's the thing. This episode that is going out today is the last of kind of like uh, the the era of our TV Talk Patreon, which was by content. All right. So this is a little housekeeping, but I want to go ahead and get this out of the way so that people know this is coming. Uh, historically, what we've done with our uh, wonderful patrons who help make this show happen is that every single time we put out a full episode of the podcast is when, uh, yeah, when when their support would uh, would hit us and uh, and allow for us to continue doing this. Well, things have been different, as you have well noticed. For one thing, uh, you know, some some uh, some weeks we have a lot of like more than just the podcast. Some weeks we have a lot of mini podcasts that come your way, especially when you know we've got an influx of Star Wars and Disney and and you know Marvel and DC. Like there's just a, there's just a lot. There's a lot. We got HBO stuff. You know, who knows? We might have uh, some Paramount stuff. We might talk some Star Trek TV talk. There's like all kinds of TV talk uh, available, especially through the mini. So we want to increase the amount of content. Uh, and so in order to do that and have it make sense, we're going to be shifting to a monthly support system. So what does that mean for those of you who are already patrons? I, I want to tell you, but to be honest, I don't know. I have no earthy idea. <laughs> so you'll be, be on the lookout on your emails because it'll, it'll have all the information about what that means going forward <laughs> because I've never switched uh, the uh, an account like this from a uh, per content to a monthly. So this will be an interesting experience for all of us. Think of this as a journey, okay? Think of it as a journey that we're all about to go on as we try to figure out what does support for TV Talk in the future look like. Uh, and we want to thank all of you who have been supporting us thus far. And if you want to learn more how you can support the show, head over to patreon.com slash TV Talk. Uh, and yeah, over the next uh, week or so, it might be very different. So if you want to be part of that weird change that's about to happen, you can support us, even though it'll be weird. But But do it. Won't you? Okay, I think that's it. I think I think that's all I got. Yes, <laughs> that's that's the best I could do with what I know for now. But you know, we're professional podcasters. We don't just we don't just do things on the fly. Okay, this is all planned. This is all strategery. Okay, we've we've got years, years, years we, in advance. This was our plan all along. Was to do this exactly this in exactly <laughs> this way. So. Uh, even if it sounds confusing and like we don't know what we're doing, see it's we're see it's it's all an act. We we act this way. Yes. Um. Yeah. And it, it's all part of our plan. Yeah. It's all part of our production. It's characters that we're playing. Yes. We're professionals, exactly. but we play unprofessional characters. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly, Bell. That is what he said. Is exactly. Cool. <laughs> all right, man. We got some great characters to talk about on this uh, this episode here. You ready to get into it? Let's do it. All right. First of all, we got to let them know this is a, going to be a spoilerific review. We will be spoiling this movie from front to back and everything in between. Uh, so spoilers, 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 spoilers. Here there be spoilers and ye been warned. Okay, Bell. 
As I mentioned, a lot of people have, for whatever reason, not been putting this on their high priority list of Marvel properties or just movies in general to watch. Now, people, of course, are watching this movie and, you know, the, the I think the box office has not been the best, but it also hasn't been the worst. It's doing okay. So there is kind of this question as to why this wasn't top of mind for a lot of people. I can't relate with that. I This was one that I was very much looking forward to. I was very excited to see, uh, you know, a return of uh, Taika behind the Thor helm and even just the concept of getting something beyond the original kind of Marvel trilogy leading up to, to Infinity War, finding out where these characters are and where they go after the end game, I think was a fun premise. And, you know, with some of the, the storylines they're playing around with, with Jane becoming the new Thor and, you know, just the uh, the, the the promise or, or at least a tease of what uh, uh, Asgardians of the galaxy might look like. I was, I was in, I mean, I was, I was all in, I was excited and I wanted to see this the day it came out. I believe I even saw it on Thursday, which I don't typically do. Wow. Yeah. So I was, I was amongst the first to, to view this one. Now I say that to say that's where my head was at going in. This one took you a while to get to the theater. So I kind of want to know what is before seeing this movie, where was your head at with Thor, with this movie? Uh, and maybe even like put it on you a little bit and be like, is there other than just like family reasons, is there any particular reason why this one didn't necessarily meet uh, the must see on day one category for you? No, see, I I, I was super excited, uh, wanted to watch the movie uh, on, on release, couldn't actually make that happen because we, we can't do Thursday releases just because of Christie's work schedule. Mm. And that particular weekend, we couldn't get uh, we couldn't get tickets. And so then we had, you know, stuff popping up on other weekends. Then we went out of town. And so basically, yeah, it, it was it was a situation we both wanted to see it, but I, I couldn't secure tickets the the opening weekend. I, I, I think I, I just waited too late and there just wasn't anything like any time spots or or, or or tickets that were available that were gonna you know suit our our needs for uh, for that weekend and so we just we, we just we couldn't watch it and like finally we were like okay we we have a weekend do you want to go see it on Friday and so we were like yeah let's go do it so we finally got to see it so I was excited about it like I, I like Taika um you know I, I thought Ragnarok was excellent and so I was really excited to see what you know his second uh film was going to be like in the series of like i guess the the taika thor series Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and and so you know i i was really looking forward to it and um yeah it was just unfortunate chain of events that caused us to not be able to see it until until we did it wasn't like i was just not interested and i know yeah like you're you're right there are people who are kind of like eh, yeah whatever um and maybe that's fatigue you know, it could be could be a number of things, but um, it certainly wasn't the case for me. It was just circumstances as to why I couldn't see it when I wanted to. But um, yeah, with so many Marvel properties coming out and all that stuff, maybe it's just people are just kind of like getting getting Marvel fatigue, getting superhero movie fatigue. I don't know. I don't know. You know, Marvel fatigue or or I don't know if it's superhero mit- mit- fatigue because I, I do think you look at like, you know, the success of something like The Boys, which is doing extremely well. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of superhero material that are, is, is out there. So I, I, but I do think Marvel fatigue might play into it. I think that's, that's definitely the case. Um, but regardless, okay, this is, but this is helpful though. I was very curious to kind of know where your head was at. And I think this kind of helps to put that into uh, some perspective here. All right, man, where to begin? Uh, Jane as Thor. This is a, a major kind of uh, change that happened in the comic books relatively recently. Uh, the the concept of giving Jane Foster uh, cancer and you know the way in which the hammer plays into you know not necessarily healing her but giving her strength while also progress like you know stopping the chemo and thus it was a very deep story it kind of gave an opportunity to tell the kind of you know just kind of I guess heavier stories while also dealing with some pretty 
I mean, just intense subject matter. You know what I mean? Like cancer is no laughing matter. And perhaps that statement in and of itself is why I think a lot of people have not been resonating with this movie as much as perhaps they wanted to, because this is a pretty funny movie, despite the fact we are dealing with a character called the God Butcherer and, (laughs) you know, and a lot of murder all around us and, you know, cancer. And yet it is constantly telling jokes. So comedy wise, man, where where did you, where did you feel like this, um, this, this movie was for you? Did you enjoy it or which camp I guess are you in? I did. I did like it. I did enjoy it. Um, it, I, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as Ragnarok, but um, I, I think that has more to do with the subject matter, and um, the because I, I, right, you, you, exactly what, your your thought, what you just said there is exactly what I was thinking, right? So this is like you look at Ragnarok. Ragnarok's a straight up comedy. Now there are stakes in it and stuff like that, and um, you know the the everything sort of uh, works with it as far as the story goes, and it's still funny, and there, it's. Not just, you know, um, well, I, I guess, yeah, it's just a straight up comedy, right? Like there, there's action in it and stuff, but, you know, Ragnarok was more of a comedy and the setting and uh, everything in there worked for it. And then this one, you know, Taika's really gifted at that, at that comedy kind of stuff. I think Hemsworth as a comedic Thor is awesome. It's uh, the best interpretation of Thor. I think, you know, when they made that decision in Ragnarok, it worked. And it's, but it's like when you have a story that revolves around Jane getting cancer and a guy called Gore the God Butcher. In my head, I was kind of like, okay, this is going to be really, really interesting on how they're going to match the tones and make 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 the tonal changes between the serious stuff and the comedic stuff work. And I I feel like it worked overall. Um, I it didn't it didn't feel like there were tonal shifts every like five seconds. You know, where it was like, here's funny stuff, not here's serious stuff. Here's funny stuff, here's serious stuff. The the way they kind of toned the comedy down a little bit when they're in the more serious kind of things, um, but still kind of kept it a little light. I think that, yeah, I, I, I think it worked overall. Um, I, you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the only way to make it work better is probably not to deal with those storylines or change it so that it's not like a, you know, Jane getting cancer or something. But <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do that. But I think overall, I think it worked. I think the the comedy parts were great. Um, I think the um, the more serious parts blended okay. Um, they they weren't as jarring as I was kind of expecting them to be going in. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like it worked. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. That was, that was where I'm sitting. I, all right. So I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I very much enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the comedy. I didn't think that it was like too funny. And you know, the, the criticism that I've seen about the whole, you know, subject matter shouldn't be this funny I, and, and comparing it to something like Ragnarok, the reality is like Ragnarok, you had like genocide in Ragnarok. You know what I mean? Like that you had like an entire planet wiped out in in ragnarok this was like you know you had uh, an entire people group turned into refugees these are not laughing matters either <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like, yeah like there was a lot of both you know heavy action and heavy tragedy throughout ragnarok and i will be the first to admit that you know even ragnarok you know failed in in having kind of like some of the more somber moments you know cut with a joke which you know is unfortunate i think the biggest one is uh korg when you know he's talking about like you know oh we can rebuild it it'll be a place for all people to uh no man sorry it's, it's pretty much gone like i thought that yeah yeah that was a little bit of an unfortunate like we we actually don't need a joke right here i think this this would have actually worked stronger if it had just landed as kind of the tragedy that it was so Ragnarok, while I agree, I, I enjoy Ragnarok more, but I also look at Ragnarok as one of my favorite of the MCU. So yeah. it's hard to compare this against that, but I understand why we're doing it because obviously this is Taika. This is, you know, his return to Thor and, and we're seeing kind of a, a continuation of 
this approach to Thor. So the comedy I don't have a problem with. Um, I, I liked the exploration of what new Asgard is, especially in kind of a post in game world. Um, you know, it, it's kind of become almost like a theme park to some extent. Tourism is, is huge and it makes sense. This is filled with these, you know, godlike heroic, uh, are super people. Um, we don't necessarily know whether or not the Asgardians all have powers, but it does seem that perhaps at the very least, they're all stronger than, you know, mortal humans, you know, mere mortal of humans. And on top of that, as we also saw, Korg, despite the joke, was right that new Asgard did become a haven for people groups from across the cosmos. And so we've got not just Asgardians living there, we've got aliens living there and, and all of kind of this, uh, you know, different kind of cultures coming together, which make for a really interesting location to be added to the MCU as as a whole. We also see yeah. Valkyrie, uh, you know, as King of Asgard, she's bored, but at the same time, like has done it's it's kind of like she's bored by success. She's done a very good job of, you know, kind of establishing a life for her people and then also establishing a really thriving, you know, global eco- or, uh, economy and kind of the the global, you know, earth setting of the MCU. And so, you know, throughout all of that, she's like, I mean, I used to be kind of like a, you know, <laughs> a never sober bounty hunter. I used to just kind of be <laughs> drinking and killing, drinking and killing all the time. And, you know, now I got to pose for ads. So I don't know. I, I, I really I dug I dug the kind of the establishment of new Asgard and um, my, you know, in terms of the character of Valkyrie, though. So I want to talk about her great character, loved her in Ragnarok and didn't it did. It's not that I didn't like her here. I very much did. But I kind of felt like this movie huh all right <laughs> here it comes well no i enjoyed hold on, it hold on to your butts no i en- <laughs> i did I, I i enjoyed the movie very very much but i i do find see 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 but but like i said hold on to your butts and you're like i really enjoyed the movie <laughs> but and that that was a rep yeah that was a reference to 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 you yeah sorry Okay, so all right, this, this is really what it comes down to, okay? These movies right now, phase four of the MCU is all been about the fallout from Endgame and kind of a where are they now? And this this movie in particular feels very much like an epilogue to Thor. Like that's that's kind of what this felt like. I don't think that we ended with like, oh, there's going to be a Thor 5 or anything like that. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think we might see Thor pop up in perhaps future Avengers films or, or something of that nature. But I don't think we're going to just, you know, we're not going to have like this mass continuation of the franchise. I just doubt that that's the case. Uh, this no, there's going to be a Thor 5, bro. I don't think there will be. But I do think this gave an opportunity to do a lot of things like give Jane a proper send-off, which we never really yeah. had. And that was really yeah. good. Uh, this gave an opportunity to kind of bring Thor back to kind of center, right? Like like have kind of a wrap-up conclusion to his character that kind of rem- brings him closer to who we knew him to be. And so he's not kind of in this, you know, depressed, obese stupor that we saw him at the end of uh, Endgame. And so I think this movie did a lot of good work at kind of bringing things back to home. Whereas a lot of other properties, though, that we've seen thus far are really about establishing new characters and kind of setting up legacy, you know, new legacy characters. And so, for example, uh, Hawkeye introduced us to Kate Bishop as the new Hawkeye. And, you know, that's a that's an exciting prospect to see where her character goes and, and being set up from you know, being kind of this side character to being kind of a main character. Uh, obviously, Shang-Chi is a brand new character in a brand new franchise. Uh, the Eternals, eh, we don't know what's going on there, but but regardless, <laughs> you know, we got Miss Marvel. You know, so that, my point is that we're in this era of dealing with the fallout of Endgame and setting up new characters. I thought, this is where my butt comes in, Belle. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought that Thor 
Love and Thunder. I, you know, I, I, I suspected at the end of it that Jane would probably die. I, I did think that that was probably going to be the case. So I was not looking to this movie, especially given the fact that we in, were introduced to, th- to to Thor as or Jane as Thor, like as, as kind of like a fully formed Thor, as opposed to kind of go throughout that origin story process where we end the movie with her as Thor. I was like, okay, well, if she's already here, then that means that we're actually this is going to be where she kicks it at the end of this one, which makes sense. I mean, it makes sense for the story with the character, obviously. But then beyond that, I think it also makes sense with Natalie Portman really wanting to, you know, <laughs> be done with this franchise, but also end on a on kind of her own terms, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and, I, and again, brava. I thought that was that was really well done. But Valkyrie, man, I thought that this was going to really kind of establish Valkyrie as kind of that Avengers level character. And I feel like she was less of a supporting character in this movie than she was in the first movie. Like in the first movie, she had like an arc and like, you know, kind of went on a journey and was awesome and everything. But like we saw kind of an evolution of the character here. She's just kind of bored. And, you know, she's just kind of like, ah, hey, y'all want to go and like, you know, kill some stuff. And even like when the children are, are kidnapped, she's like, oh, yeah, let's um, I, I'm, I'm down for a fight. Not really like freaking out about the fact that children were just kidnapped, just like. Literally like, ah, I got nothing to do. You know, I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I was well, expecting that they were going to take Valkyrie and kind of set her up as that new Thor level character with kind of like these godlike abilities and being kind of a big powerhouse. And that's clearly not where they're taking the character, which is fine. But that's my butt. If there's going to be a butt here, Bell. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with you, right? At the end of Ragnarok, you know, it, it seems like, you know, we're setting this up, you know, Thor's going to go off with himself and um or, or, or rather with the guardians and go do stuff there and then valkyrie's going to step up to lead asgard and so the the idea that i had is that you know we would see her in more of a uh commanding role and she is i mean she is king of asgard but yeah she seems so nonchalant about it like well, she yeah, doesn't commanding want it. in a diplomatic way not like in like a right right like a- in like a in like a warrior kind of way, right. and so uh, like I, I I kind of figured that by the end of it, the same kind of thing. Like she she's like I am not a diplomat. Like this is not this is not who I am. <laughs> this job sucks. <laughs> she got, she got, yeah yeah. <laughs> she got totally like tricked, like oh I'm gonna change things. It's gonna be awesome. And then like she does like ah this this sucks. <laughs> she's like you can't you can't you can't you can't deal with politics. Like this is ridiculous. And right, so right. yeah yeah and and like so you know maybe like this adventure that she has with Thor um uh to defeat the God Butcher was going to kind of you know awaken her to that to that side of her right that 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 this is what this is what she's missing this is what she wants and then that would be like an avenue for her you know maybe you know thor's like well you know i do have some friends in the avengers they'll be looking for someone and something like that and then so yeah that that leads for her to be maybe like thor's replacement if if they're if we're going to get new avengers but like now it looks like you know thor's going to be gallivanting around with love and Valkyrie's just going to be miserable being a diplomat in new asgard and like making I- sure that tourists that's are a great yeah. entertained. <laughs> are you not entertained? Like well, that was the thing. Like where where is she? Like at the end of this movie? Like where? Like I guess she goes back to her job. Like we don't. I don't know. So that was that was kind of um. I found that to be a little disappointing, but it, I mean, like not necessary. This is not the Valkyrie movie. I get that. It's the right, Love and right. Thunder. So it was about Love and Thunder, um, which I thought was kind of a neat little twist. Uh, what was your thoughts about? You know, let's let's talk about Gore. Obviously, this is a character that a lot of people have been looking forward to seeing, and you know, there's I think uh, some of the criticism that I've seen about uh, Gore the God Butcher is for a guy named Gore the God Butcher. You could you, you could, we could probably see a little bit more uh, butchering of gods than we got in this movie. In fact. You know, Thor, or yeah, Thor did more god butchering in this movie on screen than Gore did. So, <laughs> no, they did the same amount. Did they? 
Yeah, because Gore killed that weird sun god dude at the very beginning. Like, right. he, he cuts his head off, right? Yep. And then uh, Thor kills Zeus, or quote, puts kills in, in quote marks. So technically, Gore did more god butchering. Uh, okay, but like... On I screen, on screen. I'm on talking screen. about, yeah, on screen, of course. But like, okay, so, yeah. but this is the thing, though. We saw Thor, like, fighting all of those other people at the god city, and like when he was slicing up, they all had like gold blood, which was kind of a cool concept. Those weren't gods; those were uh, those were like guards or whatever. Um, but they bled I, my, gold. Yeah, but like those, those could very well be like constructs by the gods or something like that. I oh, I, I did not. There 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 would not be a god who would be. Yeah, sure. I'll be a guard for the rest of the god. No, no. <laughs> These are gods we're talking about. Well, they could be gods the gods gonna- of guarding. You don't know. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> I am the god of guarding doors. Yeah, yeah. Standing right there. (laughs) (laughs) I am the god of 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 this of this particular circle that we're standing on. Right. Uh, The god of guarding this particular circle. Yeah. No. That's probably how Zeus recruited them. Like, okay, let what you what do you do? You know, you go to we need we need a guy, a janitor guy, uh, and like I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm a god. Yes, you are the god of janitors, uh, yeah. And he's like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) yes, I am. Uh, Yes, I'm the god of janitors. Oh, very good. Oh, I take out the trash. You know, I can see that happen. <laughs> yeah, no, it it, it th- those were most certainly not gods. Those were constructs or something like that. Um, it, yeah, every single one of those things with the gold blood, those were just they were not gods. They were guards of some magical, mystical creation. All right, fair enough. But I mean, so you know, there's been some criticism though that we only got to see you know Gore kind of butcher the one god. As a, and who, you know, arguably had it coming. And so this concept of kind of establishing Gore as, you know, kind of a hashtag Gore was right type of character seems to kind of go against, to some extent, I think the the terror that people wanted to see from him, as opposed to him being more of a, a character that you could very much empathize with and, and, and connect with. Um, also, the way in which the Necroblade kind of corrupted him as opposed to him kind of having these kind of machinations on his own. I, I don't know. I just I I will say Christian Bale looked terrifying and did a fantastic job with what he was given here. And I don't necessarily yeah. mind the choice given the way that in which the movie ended. But what what is your thoughts overall with uh, Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher? I I I you know I have really very little familiarity with the comic version of him, um, but I really liked Bale's performance. Um, and you know, thinking about the the tonal stuff we were talking about earlier where this is mainly a comedy movie and you would have to like intersplice scenes of in the earlier movie where uh the, the stuff with thor is, is a lot more lighthearted and a lot more funny um with scenes of gore slaughtering gods right. and like you know i just i totally i just don't think it would have worked i'm i'm fine with what they had like the scenes with him and the kids are just creepy because he's like this crazy person and um yeah and and so i i was satisfied with what we had i thought bale's performance was great um and yeah so i i don't mind that there wasn't more god killing (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we kind of see you know some aftermath of the gods that he's killed and stuff like that but uh but again like you know to to establish more of that a i don't necessarily think was needed because he's called gore the god butcher okay you know what he does he butchers gods it's 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 in the name right it's like the slap chop right you slap it and it chops you don't need you don't need an explanation you you know (laughs) it's it's right there in the name i hear you yeah 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 yeah. so (laughs) no that that, that's fine i mean like i I agree i think he did um i i think he was terrible i think so bale's performance is really what kind of carried gore as a terrifying villain Less about like what he was doing and more about the way in which 
like again, Bale just kind of carried himself. And you're right; those scenes with the kids were just, ooh, like nightmare inducing, yeah. like yeah. really and, terrifying. Yeah, and, and I think that's the best way to do those kinds of villains. Like, you don't have to show me Gore killing these gods for him for me to be scared of him. You 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 let Christian Bale be Christian Bale and, <laughs> and I'm a, already terrified. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you have him give this, this creepy performance. What are you? And you hey, have, hey, what are you? The God of lights? <laughs> the God of lights? Hey, hey, no, no, go. Get you want out me of my to face. smash your lights? You want me to smash your lights? I'm you about to be to the God you? of smashing lights. Are you, you the God of lights? The God of look, lights. Look, we're done. We're done professionally. Come You're here, a good come God, here. but we're done professionally. <laughs> 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 well you are trash in my scene <laughs> that's great uh yeah, yeah. no that's it You're, let christian bale be christian bale he did a fantastic job he really did yeah absolutely you know like we, we immediately know his motivation right because the whole scene like his planet's destroyed um you know his daughter dies and the god just does not care right and um so you're like okay wow you know um he he was he was faithful all the way up until the end and kills the god because of it and like you can see that like you know that rage and whatnot um that he felt for his for his god not protecting him and his daughter the necrosword took advantage of that and like you know um we, we have this we have this uh uh you know the classic trope of of maybe not trope but like the classic theme of like you know revenge isn't going to bring your dead loved one back right and right, you, right, you yeah, yeah you, you were literally at the only place in the universe that can do that and do you want to choose hate and revenge um or do you want to choose love you know and like like that's that that's kind of you know it sort of sets up everything right and so that, mm. that was uh yeah I, I bale's performance was great like yeah i i thought it worked really well um i know some people were complaining as well he didn't look like he does in the comics but like come on i thought he looked know. great i mean no yeah he didn't have the tail he he but i thought he was fantastic I, I i have no problem with the visual changes they made yeah, because, I mean, again, like, you know, most movie-going audiences aren't going to know what Gore the God Butcher looks like from the comics. Right. right. Um, really, the, the you know, I, I I looked at it beforehand, and Alamo does these things where, like, they... I love that. Austin Alamo Books and things. Comics. Yeah. yeah. Austin Books and Comics is a, a local comic shop here in town, and they've been doing, uh, they've been uh, doing, like, for all the Marvel movies, you know, the history of the comics, the history of the character, and where this movie where the storylines of that comes from. And so they talk about, you know, the, the story arc of, uh, Gore, the God butcher. They talk about the story arc of, uh, Jane being, uh, mighty Thor with, without, without like spoiling anything, right? Like they, they, they talk about the, the overall, you know, ideas and themes, but they don't really go into any of the spoilery kind of things from the comics that might appear in the movie. Right. Cause they really don't know. But yeah. And so like, you know, they're showing people pictures of Gore, the God butcher on those little preview things. And I'll bet that's, for 90% of the 90, 95, 96% of the audience, their first look at what Gore the God Butcher looks like in the comics. And so, and yeah, possibly their only I, look, honestly. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, I, I, you know, I, those, those kinds of complaints. Uh, and I saw some people complaining about Thor's like gold and blue and red costume. I was like, you know, I, it that looks awesome. Kirby ish. Yeah. Yes. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's freaking, it's like Jack Kirby, like, uh, uh, Thor and like I thought that I thought that was wonderful and some people complained about that 
Um, but but yeah, like the, the whole, you know, it doesn't yeah. look exactly like it looks in the comics. Of course it doesn't. It's not going to. Stop stop having this expectation going into these movies. Yeah, um, it's it's been over 10 years now. Come on, guys. Yes. <laughs> yes. The, it's, it's the MCU new. Yeah, they, they, they might they might draw inspiration from the comics, but it's not going to look like the comics. This is no longer a comic universe. This is the MCU and anything that happened in the comics. Well, it might have some sort of uh, impact on the story. It is not going to be exactly how it is there. So well, and I got it. Yeah. But I will say this. It is fun when things are comic ac- accurate. And for example, like Jane's suit in particular, like looks just straight out the pages. And there's a lot of like panels that came to life in this movie overall. And so like to nitpick at that level is just kind of crazy to me. But uh, I tell you what, man, I want to talk about what this movie does and kind of where it's playing around with in terms of the grander. uh, I guess I think it's the grander lore of the MCU. But we're going to do that after we take a quick break. We'll be right back. More great TV talk up in just a few minutes. But first, we got to pay a few bills. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, man. So we, uh, you know, we talked about, we kind of joked a little bit about the uh, kind of the the city of the gods and everything. And, you know, it this movie, uh, and not just this movie, but like this phase of the MCU has really been playing around with the celestial nature of the MCU. We've been dealing with, you know, um, even though the TVA is not necessarily a well, I mean, arguably, the, the you could argue actually that the TVA is kind of set up like Scientology to some extent, like a cult. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so, so you've got you know you've got that aspect of things, and we're kind of introduced to you know these false gods through through that, and then ultimately through you know our first introduction to uh, He Who Remains, which we know now is going to play a massive role in the future. Um, and then of co- of course in uh, Moon Knight, we've been dealing with the pantheon of Egyptian gods. Uh, in uh, Thor, we of course been dealing with the uh, the the uh, the Norse gods and Norse mythology and that sort of thing. And then here we're introduced to Zeus and kind of the Greek gods. We also get the setup of uh, Hercules, which I think some people misinterpreted to mean that Hercules was going to be in the next Thor movie. That's not the case, y'all. He's going to probably get a, it's probably for a, a Disney plus spinoff at some point uh, is where he'll probably play in, but I don't think he's going to be like the villain of the next Thor movie. I don't think we're going to get a next Thor movie. Here's the thing though. This is something that did rub me a little bit the wrong way. So in the city of the gods, they they have a lot of fun playing around and kind of showcasing different gods from various mythologies. Also, gods that they kind of you know established for, uh, Kor- I, what, I forget what Korg's species is, but like uh, like the god of the rock people, right? And he's literally sitting. I don't know if you noticed this. He's sitting on a throne of scissors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that. I was like, is that supposed to be like? The Iron Throne, but with scissors? Yeah, it's a little rock, paper, scissors jokes. You don't have to be afraid of me. Oh, rock, scissors. paper, scissors. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I liked, uh, I, that, was, that was kind of like a, a goofy, but, but funny. And also fitting, uh, fitting reference there. I liked that. Here's the thing. The gods are presented to us like they're all just kind of cool with Zeus. Like, obviously, they're like, oh, yeah, Zeus is like the dude and everything else. And and so, you know, when he's like talking about, you know, human sacrifice and he's talking about, you know, crazy orgies and everything, which is very, very on brand for Zeus. Don't get me wrong. It certainly is. But I don't think that's necessarily on brand for some of the other gods that are represented. For example, we very specifically see Bast in this uh, in this kind of organization of pan- of, uh, of gods from across the MCU. And it's kind of hard for me to imagine that Bast is going to be like cool with Zeus like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't see Bast. I, I, I think I she was sitting it. right in front of uh, I think she was sitting right in front of Jane. Okay. 
And so, like, you know, and again, like, it's not like they showed her, like, yeah, origin, human sacrifice, woohoo, or anything like that. But it, it is like, I, and I get it. Like, the idea was that they were called here for a summit of some sort. But at the same time, I don't know. I just, I feel as though they kind of, and I, I think that it helps the movie to paint this idea that all gods are cynical and, you know, must be eradicated, right? Because they've, they've stopped caring uh, if they ever did. And I think the problem with that premise is that we know that across the MCU, that's not the case. That Bost is, uh, you know, to some extent, seems to not have given up on uh, on Wakanda. We see that, you know, the Egyptian pantheon is very active, um, albeit they're kind of connected to humanity in, in different ways now. And, and maybe that's the idea is that, for example, I don't think that the Egyptian pantheon was present at this uh, kind of city because they may have like turned their back on like larger pantheons and gone specifically into, you know, living as humans and getting more connected with humanity through that route. I think there's an aspect of like showcasing Bost here is kind of cool in theory, but in practice seemed like an I, I, it just seemed out of character. I don't know. I feel like I need more yeah. more surrounding like what what was this city? Like what's this all about? And I don't think we're ever going to get it because it was cool for what it was, but I don't think this is like going to be a a thing. I don't know. That's that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, like I I I'm I'm glad I didn't realize that Bost was there. Um but yeah, I I I don't think that Bost would would go to this. But she was. She was like, there. I right. Yeah, like I don't know. Headcanon was something that it's reluctant. Yes, we have this problem with the God Butcher and that Bost's expectation was that there will be something that we will do in order to stop it. And then immediately upon seeing that Zeus had no care or concern about the God Butcher, I would feel that Bost would be like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. I mean, like there could be like a stage to walk out or something of that nature. But again, that would have gone against the the message of the movie. So I understand why they didn't go that route. I mean, the other thing too, is you could have also, if you wanted to tie in kind of Wakanda, you know, uh, I guess, you know, mythology, like you could pull from uh, Anaman. You could add Anaman present, uh, who's the uh, the god of um, uh, the Jabari. And so, like you know, there, there's just ways you could have like done some different things. And I don't know. So that that's another that, that see that's my level of gripe is like this is yeah. out of character for this particular. That, that's like I think overall I only really had two gripes from that standpoint of like this is out of character. Or this doesn't necessarily fit the universe. And the other is like I am so like so confused about Korg's like like species and familial structure <laughs> because it's like okay like oh that's cool like his two dads go to the lava lakes of something and hold hands until a baby forms that's cute what happened to your mom and her boyfriend who you hate like and what's that situation <laughs> exactly so that was yeah, confusing to me didn't he didn't he say something about that in Ragnarok that was it? the whole joke when you're first introduced to him he's like Oh, I'm trying to start a revolution. I tried one back home, but nobody showed up except for my mom and her boyfriend, who I hate. And I'm and so they're just like, oh, when my dad met my other dad, and I'm like, but your dad met your other dad. Well, how was your mom? Oh, she wasn't even involved. Wait, what? So are your people? All right, so I'm just like trying to understand yeah. <laughs> like, internal what? consistencies. Come on, they're important. Yeah. So that that was one that I was like, I, I I'm so confused. Maybe he was adopted by his mom or something of that nature. I don't know. It just that. It's a small little thing, and I get it. Like both situations, they're two jokes. Like when it all comes down to it, it's two jokes. The the and they're both setting up other jokes with the whole revolution thing in uh in Ragnarok and with the Dwayne joke in the end of uh of, Yeah. His of, father of, Dwayne. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was he was his father. That was the he, I I met a cool dude named Dwayne. 
and uh, it was Dwayne the Rock. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Dwayne was was his partner that they made the baby with. Yeah. It's weird calling him Dwayne instead of the Rock. <laughs> I know, right? I say my biggest complaint with that whole God scene is they never showed Jeff the God of Biscuits. Oh yeah, you know that is a that is a from Eddie Izzard. No, I, I yeah, yeah yeah. Well, for the audience who may not know who Jeff the God of Biscuits, it's from a, from a. How from do they a bit. not know who Jeff the God of Biscuits is, Bell? I know. Simon, the god of hairdos, or Jeff, the god of biscuits. What are they teaching in these schools? Um, they got all these, all these crap gods. <laughs> <laughs> Copy ours from the Romans. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, oh, you've got good, good gods? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> we also saw celestials in this. Okay? We, yeah, we saw yeah celestials there's celestials outside the window. And um, it's interesting, because not only did we see celestials, but even in the hall where it leads up to eternity... We see at least one celestial head, if I'm not mistaken, represented there, right? Uh, it was a statue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So we, they're just, they're playing around. This movie plays around with a lot of things. And again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'd actually prefer it as opposed to something like what Eternals did, where they didn't, they introduced like a lot of high concepts that didn't pay tribute to what came before. But I think the way in which this one, engages some of those begs further questions and begs more of like an exploration here well not Uh, only that there there, there's there's not this is another movie has gone by in the mcu where not a single person mentions the giant celestial head and hand sticking out of the pacific ocean it never happened bell it didn't happen (laughs) i think they're gonna have (laughs) druid did druid was he alive at the end of that movie i can't remember um yeah the discount ezra miller dude i don't remember if druid dies or not I, I think he's still alive. Well, maybe he could just mind. He mind wiped the entire planet. That's the okay, explain that it away that way. And it'll be, you know, or Xavier did. Cause <laughs> that's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, is it, uh, yes, yes. Is it not? Yes. I don't know. I mean, he's dead in the only universe where we've seen him. Yeah, but he'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get a, I th- so you know all right so let's let's kind of pull back and uh, we'll, we'll let's let's talk about grander MCU stuff here in just a second but before we do that Thor Love and Thunder um it'd be remiss if we didn't at least acknowledge of course you know that uh, Love is played by you know uh, Chris Hemsworth's actual daughter so it's kind of cool to see uh, father and daughter enter into that fight scene at the end was um, she really yeah did you oh yeah yeah that's his uh I did not know that that's cool yeah that's why Love had a very Australian accent for being the you know, like well yeah but uh. uh Christian Bale. Yeah, it doesn't matter because it's not Christian Bale's daughter. It's <laughs> but like he was using his Australian accent in that in that uh, in the film. Like it wasn't nearly as like overly Australian as. I mean, I guess it's just her voice. I mean, it's the Australian accent, so it's like the, how the kids gonna talk. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah, kids sure. right now are trying to do uh, for this you know this voice uh, uh, this audio drama. I'm doing kind of a, a test run of it, and so I'm using my kids for some of the younger parts. And like, all right, uh, try a Scottish accent. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Just, just, yeah. just talk. You know, just, just talk. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. No, that was his daughter. So it'd be remiss without uh, pointing that out. It's kind of cool. At the end of that, I think. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, the introduction of love as a construct, uh, or perhaps eternity as love, um, is a potentially huge, powerful character that I would guess may come back in a Young Avengers type capacity. Maybe not as a member of the team, but perhaps somebody that they have to turn to. Um, that could be really, really cool. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to, for what that might set up in the future. Um, I don't, as I've mentioned before, I don't think that we are going to get a Thor five. I don't think we need a Thor five. I think we needed this movie. I think this was definitely a needed movie. We needed kind of a good conclusion to Jane. 
uh, and her character and a good send off there. Um, you know, we didn't, oh gosh, I mean, there's so much to, to even like, we, we didn't really even get into, which is, for example, like the epic fight scene, like that was like so heavy metal where Thor gives his power to like all the kids. Yeah, that was cool. That was super cool. Those kids are going to be like so traumatized. I was, I was remember thinking afterwards, like with just their experience with gore alone, it's like these kids are going to need therapy. And then like Thor's like, I need more warriors and I got kids. I'm like, you know what? These kids are already scarred. Let's go ahead and like just you know, have them like <laughs> no, that was their therapy. spider creatures. That was their therapy for them. Like, you know, all these things that have been terrifying them. Now they have the power to like actually overcome them and destroy oh, them. Oh, so, yeah. The yeah, kids yeah, get yeah. to destroy the monsters in the closet. That's actually, you know, that's pretty cool, Bell. Yeah. 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 I absolutely, liked the, the absolutely. bunny with the laser eyes. The bu- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that was all. And uh, like uh, kind of speaking of that, right? Like he grants them the power um uh in a similar way that Odin grants, you know, in in the first Thor movie. Yes. Uh, yes. The power. And 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 Mjolnir uh back when they were dating, like you know, he's sitting there talking to the hammer and doesn't even realize that he's doing another uh same kind of thing for Jane, right? And so that's right. why that's why the hammer, you know, uh um uh, protects her is because Thor told it to and I don't know I like those little neat nods I think I thought that was really cool well and um, I think it shows that you know so I was thinking about how this all kind of plays in right and to me that's kind of a, a showcasing of Thor having the Odin force right like like the power of his father kind of the the not necessarily like the specific like power set per se but like the power of his father has been passed on to him and the ability to kind of put those enchants, even not like without even intending to, in, in one in one very specific case, um, is kind of that showcase. Now, when that occurred, that was before Odin died, but at the same time, it was after Odin had like named Thor king, if I'm not mistaken. And so I think, um, yeah, I just I, that was such a cool idea. I love the way they um, they did that. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, All right. cool. All right, well, there you go. Uh, out of five, man, why don't you give them this? Ah, uh, you know, I I had a really fun time. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I think I, I think Ragnarok was a five for me. So I'm gonna go ahead and give this one a four. Yeah, I think that's pretty about right for me too. I I very much enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, there's there's some little gripey things here and there, but like for the most part, it was popcorn, good time at the movies, a fun kind of send off to Thor and uh, his supporting cast. I thought it was fantastic, and also it did. While I would have loved to see more of a story for Valkyrie. Uh, and kind of a, a you know a further establishing what is the the future of the MCU to some extent I think we may have gotten that in love but we'll see what ends up happening so there you go that's our that's our thoughts on that all right I do want to talk about the broader MCU stuff uh, just kind of briefly here um, all right you made mention of the fact that you know obviously nobody's talking about what's going on with the Eternals right yeah okay when we know we know that. Disney did not showcase everything that was happening. Like Feige, when Feige kind of announced all the new titles at Comic-Con, there's a lot that's missing there, right? We like, like very specifically, we see dates for films with no names. Yeah. Yeah. So we know things are probably D23 announcements. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So do you think we're going to even get an Eternals too? Or do you think that that storyline is going to be picked up somewhere else? You know, I, I I don't know. Like when you mentioned Hercules and then uh, him maybe being spun off into a series, like it kind of broke my brain because I realized now that there that that's all these new series that we've gotten in Phase Four. Like that's kind of like an avenue for telling stories. Like you know, they're they're uh, Marvel's almost expecting their um, 
uh, their fan base and people who like the the movies and stuff to watch all the shows because I mean there have been there have been mentions of things that happened in uh, like especially in, in Multiverse of Madness right like mm-hmm. if I feel like if you didn't watch WandaVision you might be going in there going like what the hell are these people talking about like she has kids but they're imaginary like I you know I don't know and so that was that was kind of you know a new thing and so um, yeah you know thinking about stingers usually. Uh, indicating what the next movie is going to be might not be the case anymore it could be that uh you know these are going to be storylines in shows or something like that well, uh, maybe think, hercules yeah co- maybe hercules comes down and, and it joins the thunderbolts or something like that i don't know i don't know oh yeah you know what i bet you're right that makes a lot of sense i you know he was a member of the dark avengers so i, I could see him very much taking that thor role in the thunderbolts that's a good catch bell um, yeah, so we'll we'll see what it what it ends up meaning uh, overall. I think that, <sighs> huh? I I worry about the fatigue element because you mentioned that at the beginning about maybe people are having some Marvel fatigue, and I think that that's probably true in Phase Four because it's been so disconnected. Whereas what was such an exciting part of the this you know the the franchise was that it's all connected and it's all kind of coming to something and. This even the the parts of the like multiverse, you know, being introduced in the TVA and then the multiverse being explored in what if and then, you know, having into the Spider-Verse or rather um, uh, No Way Home and then with Multiverse of Madness. All of these things happened and all of these things deal with the concept of the multiverse, but they don't really feel fully connected. I feel like Loki wrote a check that nobody has been able to cash. Right. Yeah. With he who remains, like everybody's like been going around, like oh, but don't forget, we got this other thing that's going on. Oh, we got a multiverse over here, a multiverse over there, multiverse over here. But you know, like they're all like talking about the multiverse and talking about incursions, but it's not really clear as to how it's all connected. And I suppose my hope is that quantum mania will be when we truly kind of get a chance to see. Okay, now it's all connected, and now we're kind of hitting the races again. Yeah, we, we got a tiny little glimpse of it at the end of Multiverse of Madness when Charlize, Charlize Theron's character um, is like, you just caused an incursion and we're going to go fix it. That was the first time we talked about incursions, right? And um, with Secret Wars coming up, like something's got to give, something's got to connect, right? Because otherwise, if they're using the 2015 storyline for Secret Wars, uh, you know, what are like you got to have some sort of connected tissue to really make that storyline work with these films. And so far there really hasn't been that. So yeah, my hope is that, you know, quantum mania is going to, going to deal with that. We're going to have some multiversal stuff, or maybe we'll see the results of an incursion in like what happens. Um, because, uh, I've been rereading the, the 2015 secret wars storyline, um, mm. to just to get an idea for it and sort of help like my brain plan out what they might be doing. And, um, yeah, that, that, that was, that was a fun, that's a fun little, uh, little comic arc if you haven't read it so okay that's good that's good that's good well but, i'm hoping um, that that'll like sh- give it give everything like a shot in the arm for uh for what's to come i'm excited for when we get that trailer too i was kind of hoping we'd, we'd have it by now but apparently it's not ready the quantum mania trailer yeah 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 well and and with all the news recently of of vfx artists um being basically crapped on constantly uh <laughs> right yeah, like I, th- I think we're gonna we're gonna see some delays and stuff, and rightfully so. The the, the people working in, vi- in visual effects shouldn't be treated as like second class citizens in the filmmaking industry, you know? Like no, and uh, then on top of that, like some people gotta like you gotta you just gotta like let your imagination carry the work, okay? Like we all saw like 
the rancor and knew it was made of clay. You know what I mean? Like it, it's okay. You yeah, can- yeah. Like nostalgia does a lot of. Oh, I remember like early. You know, you look at the practical effects, and yeah, like practical effects are great. I love practical effects, but you know, look at Practical Yoda in Episode One. Yeah, exactly. It, it was it was bad. <laughs> like it was sorry, it was bad. It was it was not it was not Frank Oz and Yoda from uh, Empire Strikes Back. It was just not. Right. And so you know, and and yeah, like I saw a bunch of like people were taking screen grabs of there were two particular scenes, um, and saying, "Oh, look at the VFX is terrible," and blah blah blah, and it's like those scenes comprised about 15 like one of them was like a split second worth of film and then one of them was maybe like you know five ten seconds it was it was with axel was uh uh talking to thor um and it was just his head floating and then there is when thor is using the lightning bolt to like teleport away or whatever and like the the teleport away when people like took screen grabs of this is like oh i can't believe this is a 200 million dollar movie and it's like it, it was one second of screen time my goodness come on y'all. it was one sec one second of screen time and the and yeah sure with the, the head floating like it you know it, it didn't look all that great but who cares like it's 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 come on it's, it's a floating head like whatever it doesn't matter it's not eh. Like it's there's, there's microphones like heading it like it's not just CGI like you know like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean there's like a boom mic heading he, he, you know hovering over somebody's head at one point you know like accidents happen your imagination can carry it look I am not ready for y'all to like just absolutely just destroy She Hulk okay like that movie that, like I'm really excited for that series I think it's gonna yeah. be a lot of fun I saw the original tra- like the first trailer too and thought. Yeah, that CGI is probably not ready yet. But that, but I didn't like think like, oh, I can't believe blah 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 blah. And the reality is, even if it's not that much better, it was still pretty dang good. It didn't look like yeah. it was totally finished, but it was pretty dang good. And I'm not really like watching it for the CGI. We watch it for the stories and the characters and otherwise. So yeah, just yeah, be cool, just, people. Yeah. yeah, and 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 remember that the the people doing this stuff, it's people. It's people making these things, it's and they're extremely overworked and they're extremely underpaid. And I do all the CG work for all the Marvel movies, and it so is, when you're yeah. when you're making fun of it, you're making fun of me, and I don't appreciate that. That's right. We never told you that before, but that's what's up. So I've I've done every single visual effect shot in every single Marvel movie. That's right. That's right. He all had, me. He had to uh, in the fight scenes. He was in charge of Thor's gut, and in game, yep. every single yep. pixel, and that's a lot of pixels, y'all. So that's a lot. And then there, there's a lot of like motion cap, like I, like the little, I still have like little welts on my belly from all the motion capture little dots because the glue stuck into the hair and it pulled the hair out. It's just yep. awful. It's yep. awful. Terrible. There and you so, go. yeah, you know, Thor loving. <laughs> <laughs> right. well, that's our thoughts. We'd love to hear yours. Head over to Twitter. You can uh, use the hashtag, I guess, uh, TV talk, even though this is not a TV talk. You use hashtag panel to screen. How about that? Use the hashtag panel to screen. Let us know your thoughts on uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, really excited to see what happens from it. Hey, like I mentioned, this show, uh, the the support system for the show is changing. So we need your help to uh, keep us going and growing. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash TV talk, especially in the coming days. You know what? Actually, don't. How about this? Don't head over there. <laughs> give, give us like a week, maybe next week. Head over there next week. That's what it is. Head over there next week. And I don't care if you listen to this a year in, in the future. Head over there next week. And, uh, <laughs> and there you go that's what we're gonna do we're gonna do it like that so uh so you can find out how you can support us there follow bell at ring that bell you can find all of our contact information and more at tvtalk.fm that's gonna do it for us for today but for me for bell for bell's mom hi mom shazam <laughs> <laughs>